Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Steven Seagal, Kurt Russell. When you think of these names, what do you think of? And welcome to this week's episode of Rebels with Adam. Growing up, I remember thinking back to the 80s, to the 90s, early 2000s, we all loved particular people in cinema. Oh, 100% we did. When you think about it, between action movies, primarily growing up, that well, was kind of the forte. That wa- yeah, that was a preferred genre. It was. There was <clears throat> the likes of, obviously, who we mentioned at the start. Mm-hmm. Not to so much Steven Seagal. Um <laughs> He was a little bit questionable in terms of his acting prowess. And his filmography, let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apart from, like, Under Siege for yeah. me, yeah. yeah, that was brilliant. Mm. But it was a time when Action Hero was at the forefront of cinema. Yeah. When you think about like it, realistically- like, the, like you thought, like, the big Hollywood blockbuster movies, they were always action films. Always. Yeah. Always. It appealed to the biggest audiences- and everyone could go, even though it was a popcorn flick, would just sit and love it. Yeah. But do you think nowadays that like that that's sort of not as predominant anymore? Like, I feel is, like action like big- hero has been replaced with superhero. Uh, that That's just my take. Yeah. Yes and no. Because um, I think in movies that say, oh, you know, you're right. You're right. If you're, looking, if you're talking like big blockbusters, then yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is a superheroes. Yeah. But before we move on, do you want to just uh, cover the formalities? Oh, yeah, might as well. All right, so if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, or whatever other podcast app you use. And also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue podcast. Awesome. All right, now that that's out of the way, back to business. Back to business. So, <clears throat> growing up... Yeah. Who was kind of at the forefront for you when you thought, you know, Hollywood blockbuster, brand new, hitting Thursday night, come out, what are you going to see? Who is it? All right. So, if we, I, I put these particular actors at basically, like, they're the holy trinity of action movies, Go. right? So, you got Arnie. Yep. Sly. Yep. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. It, That's it, the holy trinity. And if you look at kind of their filmography, yeah. you sit there and you're like, fuck me. Like, they didn't just cover action movie basis. Mm. Even when Schwarzenegger did something like a kindergarten cop or something like that, you're like, wow. Junior. Twins. <laughs> I don't know what you've got against twins. It's just stupid. It's it's not as bad as Junior. No, look, I wouldn't have put him into a role like that to begin with. No. But, but like we discovered last night when we were watching uh, that interview with him, he wanted to get into more of a comedic... Role like role based films. Yes, he was wanting to steer away from constantly being typecast in action movies. Yeah, which, funnily enough, in that interview when they were talking about Conan being his big break, yeah, it just shocked me that like, well, it kind of made sense when he basically said that the directors couldn't find anyone to fit the body type. Yeah, um, nor I suppose kind of what sort of you know foreign sounding character that they were looking for so yeah, exactly. naturally he did fit that profile i just found it even cooler that they couldn't even find a, st- a body double mm. that with the similar physique to him there was, just, no, one there was no one else that got close when to that. you look like a greek adonis yeah 
there's not many people that are going to parallel that, especially no. within like stunt work. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool to know that he would that during those movies he did majority of his own stunts. Yeah, because yeah. they couldn't put in the body double because it just you would tell. That and it's be not him. such a noticeable difference. Exactly, which is cool to know. Which, like, the, the way he mentioned when they did True Lies and the scene of the horse jumping, yeah. I did not even fathom him getting on a horse. No. I couldn't. The horse would look small. Yeah, exactly. To Schwarzenegger. Yeah. His bicep would be, like, the size <laughs> of the fucking horse's dick. <laughs> so, copiously large. <laughs> Large is an understatement because right. those things are massive. <laughs> okay. And I okay. mean horse sticks. All right. Okay. For fuck's sake. Moving on. Moving on. But yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. So you've got Schwarzenegger. Who else like was kind of for you where you just thought, fuck, action movie? Well, Stallone. Stallone, yep. Definitely. And when you think of Stallone, what are the ones that stand out for you? Rocky and Rambo. Yeah. I was going to say, if, if you don't think of them two, then there's something where you haven't watched them properly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Or- and also Tango. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I think that could be a nostalgic value for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but if you think Sylvester Stallone, you think, like, majority of people just think either Rambo or Rocky. Yeah, it goes without saying. That's, that's who It'd you- It'd be strange keep. if you didn't. Yeah, because that's just who you assimilate uh, Sly with. Like, that's his biggest roles. Yeah, yeah. And then, I suppose, you know, it goes hand in hand thinking with those two, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. But then again, you think about it, you think Jean-Claude Van Damme, but then- as far as a role is concerned, or a, a character, who do you associate him with? In terms, like, I, of his I, characters. For me, I can't go past the whole idea of blood sport and kickboxing. Yeah, but what's the character's name? I don't fuck. Exactly. Oh. That's that's what I'm saying. Frank Dukes. Yeah, like it's it's one of those ones. Where like, oh, I don't remember who he played in that. I just know it was Jean Claude Van Damme. You yeah, know? but even in his movies, it was you almost still like go, that. It's Jean Claude. It's almost like that that Tom Cruise thing. You know, you see him play Tom, like, you see majority of his films, he plays Tom Cruise, right? Same with Van Damme. Like, you see Van Damme, you don't really see yeah, his but character. Then with Tom Cruise, you know? I think of Mission Impossible and I think of Ethan Hunt. Yeah, it's true. So, that's kind of where the discrepancy lies with him. Yeah. But J- John Claude, it's like, you just think John Claude. Yeah. Or, um, or Guile. Oh. <laughs> where do we even begin with Street Fighter? <laughs> oh, we don't. We just don't. I'm going to beat that bison. Oh, God, I hated that. It was so bad. And I love that when they did an interview with it, like this is 30 years later, that they found out most of the crew upon filming were all high. Oh, yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because because there is nothing right about that film. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Like watching it back now, you can't but help but sit there and go, this is a fucking train wreck. Yeah. yeah. Absolute train wreck. Yeah. Because if they were to remake a Street Fighter movie today... Oh. Uh, yeah. They could do something very cool. Yeah, but I guess the franchise has had more time to develop its own sort of backstory as yeah. opposed to back then when it was literally just a fighting game. It was. You know, it, was. it didn't really have... There was no substance to it. No, and like you look at the Mortal game, Mortal games, the Mortal game, the Mortal Kombat games. Now there is so much backstory to yeah. each character, exactly. and they co- incorporate that into each of the games. Yeah, because I think they discovered that the people who were playing these games wanted more out of it than just senseless violence and fighting. They wanted some backstory. They wanted some reason as to why they are the way they are, the way they are, and why they're fighting in the first place. Correct. You know, and I want, think. It's not just tracing. Not the, so robotic. Yeah, tracing that lineage of the characters and 
where they go back to, like, you know, whether it's the Shaolin Temple or anything like that and kind of having that rivalry between characters makes you potentially want to select characters more so as well. Correct. So, definitely, I understand it in terms of the vein of Mortal Kombat, but Street Fighter was just... <laughs> it was poo on screen. It's like someone Bison. took a shit in their hand and smeared it on the screen and you were basically watching Street Fighter. Legit. It yeah. was. I, it I can't really sum it up was. any other way. No, I can't. Who it's... did you love out of that movie, though? Who? Out of Street Fighter. Who was your favourite? No one. <laughs> no one. Do you know who, weirdly, I found Actually, it you know really what? funny? If, any, if anybody, probably Bison. He was a good actor. Yeah. Just like, some of the some of these parts were just overacted. Oh, they were terrible. You know? Zangief for just, me. Even the way he said yes. Just, yes! <laughs> Why? <laughs> there was no Why need so for much that? enthusiasm into saying yes? <laughs> How did he say it? Yes! <laughs> so, obviously... Let's kind of bypass the idea of Street Fighter being associated with Jean-Claude. I think also to, I suppose, progressing more, not necessarily into contemporary times, but like as a fighting movie, I enjoyed the quest (laughs) as much as I potentially don't want to say it, but I'm going to say that I actually did enjoy the quest. Really? The bias, the like side actors in that movie were absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. And he and I've got to make a point in saying this. When it comes to a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, I want you as listeners to watch back some of his movies and pay attention to the fact that in every single one of them, there is a scene where he's getting out of a bed oh, yeah. and putting on jocks. We've discussed this before. Correct. But just putting it out there because it's absolutely- Yeah, there's always the bum shot. 100%. He just needs to have an, a shot of his ass. Like, yeah. I get it. You did ballet and, you know, you had a ridiculous physique. But there's no need to show your ass every single time on screen. And going along that same point, like, I think we just, like, now looking back at it, we've discovered that there's certain things with a lot of action stars in their movies. That's kind of like, it's the done thing. It, it happens in every single movie, like action movie. Yeah. There's always, they always got luscious hair. Well, most. Bringing it back. Luscious hair. Luscious hair, yeah. It's always luscious hair. There's always- Oiled bodies. Scenes of, yeah, topless. Yeah. And oiled scenes. Yeah. Which in which you kind of take it into the context of that part of the movie, and you're like, why do you have your top off? You're <laughs> getting shot at by like 50,000 people, and you've got your top off. And what the fuck are you doing? You know what? That specifically makes me think of John McClane in Die Hard. He never has shoes on. Why, why didn't he take his shoes off in the first place? Why your shoes off? You've got no top on or you've got a shitty singlet that's half a singlet and you are oiled up to the brim. Yeah. And it's almost like you saw him kill a few people. Like, okay, take one, take one of the guy's shoes. Like, take some shoes. <laughs> Fucking walking on glass and shit. How about take someone's shoes? He loved that running around without idea. shoes. He did. I You did. I get it. You're in a hotel. It's kind of safer. But with the amount of broken glass from shit that's been shot out, it doesn't exactly work. Well, that brings another character to the fold, Bruce Willis. I love Bruce Willis. Yeah. I really, really, because I think his ability, not just for action. Yeah. There are other movies when he kind of went into side ventures. Like, I look at how good he was in The Sixth Sense. Right, yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Like, he can act. Yeah. There was another one that he did with Michelle Pfeiffer called The Story of Us. Mm. It's like kind of a real romance-style-based movie. But I loved it. Like, he is so versatile. Yeah. One of his- um one of the ones that I loved him in, and it's not a favourite by a lot of people, but I- I got go. a soft spot for it. Go. Hudson Hawk. 
Yeah, I'm not. Did you ever see it? I I didn't like it. Yeah, a lot of people don't, and you know what? I get it. I feel like you're the type that would have liked Bird on a Wire. I did like Bird. Oh Jesus! Shut up! You leave Mel Gibson alone and fucking. Wasn't it Kurt Russell? No, Bird on a Wire was Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn. Okay, well I need to check this now. So continue talking. Says the one who doesn't even like the movie. You piece of crap. Anyway, yeah, again, another one, Mel Gibson, another one who's very versatile. Was I right? Yeah, you were. Was I right? Um, yeah, that's Mel right. Gibson, Mel right. Gibson, Lethal Weapon. Yep, Lethal Weapon series, definitely. Well, do you remember what his name was in it? Oh uh, no. Oh, now I'm. It's gonna rack my brain. We're bad. We Lethal should know this. Weapon. We should. Find Mel Gibson that. was Martin Riggs. That's right. Riggs, Riggs. and Roger Murta. That's right. Riggs, Riggs and Murta. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. But one of his, I guess, you got the Lethal Weapon series, but again, probably one of, one of his most iconic is Braveheart. Oh, yeah. That movie, William Wallace, for me, as we all know, is has a very soft spot. Yeah. Not just based for the action, like which is unquestionably one of the best war movies, like yeah. fighting movies. Okay. One of. Yeah, I'm not saying completely. Yeah. But overall, his... When he finds out that the guy tra- uh, was a traitor. Yeah. And the look in Mel Gibson's face as he finds that out, oh my God, sent absolute shivers down my spine. I think he like he stood out in that movie more so for his dramatic performance as opposed to his action performance. Yeah. Oh, without question. Like, like, there was even- a lot of action in that movie, don't get me wrong, but his dramatic performance, I think, outshone his action. Going into battle- and just those pep-up speeches that he did. Yeah. And you sat there and you were so engrossed in listening to the words that he had to say that it made you feel like you wanted to go outside yeah. and just punch cunts. And was able to do a fairly decent Scottish accent. It was. Like it wasn't too bad. It wasn't horrible. Look, we're not Scottish, but at the end of the day, Speak I still for think- yourself, laddie. I think he still did a credible job at that accent. Yeah, definitely. So, we've got Mel Gibson, Bruce the one, Willis. The one you'd mistook Mel Gibson for, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, huge. When you think of huge. Kurt Russell, who do you think? Steak Plissken. Yeah. Hundred of a fucking If you set. don't think of that, then you really weren't an 80s or 90s child. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. If you're talking about Kurt Russell in more contemporary roles, then you really haven't grasped the, I suppose, the best parts about Kurt Russell's filmography. Yeah, Which, definitely. Escape from New York, Escape from LA. What Were there any other kind of... Side movies to those ones? Big Trouble. Uh, in the Snake Plissken yeah. series? No. 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 I feel like- got movies like, um, like, well, he did Tango and Cash with Sly. Yeah. Uh, he did Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. Yeah. Um, oh, there's- back to Bruce Willis. Uh, Last Bruce Boy Willis? Scout. Oh, that was Damon Wayne's. Yeah, that was a cracking movie. Yeah, 100%. That was one of those movies, like, I keep telling this to Tony that- that- You called me Mr.? No, I didn't. You called me Mr. Tony. I swear on my life I didn't. You just did. Well, that's 1526. I need to remember that to replay that moment. You called me Mr. But what was I saying? Now you fucked my train of thought. Yeah, good. Bruce Willis. Yeah. No. No, you've completely ruined it. All right. Well, then I'm going to take us on a different tangent then as far as like going back to Kurt Russell. Like, and you're saying that if you don't associate him with Snake Plissken, then you're not an 80s or 90s child. Yeah. But you think of, like, let's say, the more, like, the younger generation as we know it now. Yeah. They're going to know him as Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, good point. Right? Didn't think of that. They're going to know him as that. Yeah. So, they don't know, kind of, like, his past and why, I guess, people of our generation and older 
when watching that movie, got so excited when we saw Kurt Russell in the movie. Yeah. You know, because we know him from all his past work. Those- But the younger kids have no idea. Yeah. And I think, like, even the movie Tombstone, what a cracking movie that was. (laughs) And that had a fucking stellar cast. Do you remember who was in it? Oh, God. Now you're really racking my brain. Because you had Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer. Yep. You also had, I think, was he? No. No, I don't think he was in it. Hold on. Let me find out. Yeah. So, obviously, Kurt Russell, for some of us anyway, like... I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't think of action stars like Kurt Russell, but I feel like he was the second string or second okay. tier. All right. All right. Go, go, Sorry. go. Let me just quickly yeah, yeah. rip out the cast for Tombstone. So, yeah, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott. I love Sam Elliott. Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, uh, Michael Bean, Charl- Charlton Heston. It was a like, big cast. Yeah, had a huge cast in that movie. It was and it was awesome. like the culmination of old and new yeah. in that. Yeah, definitely. It was like literally handing the torch over. Yeah, because you think about it, if you have a movie with Charlton Heston in it, like how more significant can it be to have someone like that handing over the torch? Exactly right. Like he's from, like majority of his movies are from what, the 50s, 50s 60s? and 60s, yeah. You know, so in kind of the early- Because my dad froths Heston's yeah, jobs. in the early years of cinema. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then you have him in a movie like this, which came out in 93 which these guys were kind of either already at their peak or getting to their peak. I reckon they were at their peak It was literally handing the torch over. It was. It was. And we'll get on to more about kind of the new age of, well, I don't want to say superheroes, but more hero-based stuff now. Because for me, when I think about like 80s and 90s action heroes, I find a lot of the ones today don't really match or rival them in the same sort of way. I feel like it's a really different breed of It is hero. a different breed because it's not as silly. You know, you, you watch those older action movies, they're silly. Yeah, well, you know, some of them The storylines are not really anything of, like, note. They're just there because. Commando, just to, think just of to that. Give, just to give reason. Yeah, or to- The Last Action Hero. Ugh. That's a great movie, by that the way. Wasn't a bad act- that wasn't a bad storyline. I kind of No, I enjoyed that. But I get what you're saying. But, you know, it just doesn't... Look, whereas the newer ones now, the stories are more in-depth. It gives you reason as to why things are happening the way they're happening. It's not just there just to get things moving. But do you know, know what? I think a big part of that comes down to <clears throat> the audience's need for clarification and backstory and so much more in-depth understanding of characters. Yeah. Prior to this all happening, I could watch a Schwarzenegger film, a Stallone film, purely for face value. I don't need a backstory. I yeah. want to see shit exploding. I want to see him that's, taking that's out bad guys. That's what they were. They were movies that were basically mindless. Yeah. There was nothing much to them. You basically watched it for face value just to have a good time. It was. You, know, you saw people shoot guns. You saw, you saw things explode. And I think it's a topic that we kind of brought up. I think we discussed it last night, just how desensitized in cinema we are to watching people die. Yeah. You know, like, especially growing up with those sort of movies, you saw people die, but you didn't really think of the significance of that. It just, it just happened. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay, more people gone. And this is what I'm saying. Yeah, kill him. Or yes, they're all dead. It's more of a point now where we have become more consciously aware of what death and violence can actually, how it can impact a society. Oh, definitely. So, 
looking at it from, I suppose, a different angle, you know, we can look at movies and go, yes, to some degree, when you think about it, they brought people together. They made kind of, you know, this beacon of being able to congregate with your friends and watch something and then talk about it afterwards. (laughs) But you'd never necessarily sit there and talk about, wow, that was a violent movie that's really affected me. Yeah. Unless you've been potentially exposed to some kind of gun violence or trauma in the past, you're not going to view the movie from that angle. No, you won't. But now, I suppose, because there's such an emphasis and, you know, highlighting of violence and how prominent it is within today's world. We're just more educated in that particular sect. Correct. And, you know, looking at not just potentially school shootings, but, you know, police shootings and all this kind of stuff. So, naturally now... People are a lot more consciously aware of how violence slash gun violence slash person-to-person violence is impacting and affecting kind of the collective way we think about things. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. But look, let's let's go let's keep rattling off some more of like I guess these iconic action heroes yeah. that, that sort of graced our screens. During this whole period, uh, Will One, Smith. Well, oh, okay, go yeah, on. I just yeah, want to go yeah, into go Will on, Smith yeah, quickly because yeah. I've got an interesting point about him. Oh, okay, so Will Smith's been around for quite a while. Yep. Like when you think about it, Men in Black came out what ninety seven, ninety six, something yeah, around I that. I think ninety seven. Okay, memory. So he was kind of in that peak of you know Bruce Willis, Stallone, Rambo's, all those kinds of movies, right? Mm, I think it was gone by that point. What do you mean? Like the Rambo. Like when the last Rambo came out in '93, pretty sure uh, Rambo three. Do you, do you want to check? You know how many I new think, Rambos there are? Do you? I know, but like then there was a huge gap between Rambo three and the Rambo, okay, and went, then oh, the okay. kind of the newer release that came out in the 2010s. Okay, okay, know what I mean? So all right, there let, was a big gap. Let me rephrase my point then. So I feel like Will Smith spot on '97. Yeah, Will Smith has kind of been in a. He's like the Madonna of movies where he's been able to adapt and change over the course of 30 years and change with times. You know what? I was actually going to, going on the similar point with the actor I was going to suggest. And I think I think this guy has probably proven that point more so than Will Smith. Who? Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Well, he's the forefather. Right. He's been going since, what, the- 50s. No, not the 50s. I think the late 60s, early 70s he started, I think. Let me cross-check that. But anyway, my point being is that he started off predominantly doing action movies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But as times grew, and even more to now, he's still done some action even at the age that he's in. But he's done more dramatic roles. He's actually grown with the audience. And not just necessarily dramatic roles, but his ability to produce movies. Yeah. Wow. Again, he's just, he's gone, he's basically, he's kept up with the times. And I suppose, like, looking at- No, you're right. My apologies. Yeah, he's been at- Since 55. Dude, he's like 80 or so. Maybe even older. He was born in 1930. Mm. So, 70. Dude, he is 90. Mm -hmm. And still going. And still kicking. Yeah. So, that just kind of, you know, pays tribute to the fact that from the 50s- to 2020, he's been in the industry for 70 years. Yeah. That is a considerable amount of time. And to be able to adapt from when you think how films were made and kind of storylines and plots 
of movies in the 50s yeah. compared to what they're at now. Yeah. That is a significant jump. Yeah, so going back to the point you were making earlier with Will Smith, I think Clint Eastwood is pretty much the the best representation He's of the that chameleon. Point. He's the one who's he's basically been in the industry for probably the longest out of anybody. I'd say that's still right? functioning in it's Hollywood. still functioning and has adapted as each sort of decade has come along. Literally. And you know? like, you know, <clears throat> Gran Torino, Million Dollar Baby, all these kind of exactly. movies. Exactly. He brings what he did with the depth of his characters to now in terms of making the movies. And it's just, it's so full of texture. Yeah. Like, you know, you'd have four or five different plot lines and then there's all this character development. It's like, wow. Like, it's a lot to process. Yeah. But it's so Clint Eastwood. Yeah, it is. But, okay, with going back to kind of, our, I guess, our first point with what we're discussing, when it comes to Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. what's the first, like, who who pops into your head? Dirty Harry. Hunters. There's no, I think that's probably his most iconic role other than, um, other than the role he had in the um in the the spaghetti western trilogies that he did, yeah, but so, Dirty Harry, a fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and Good, Bad, and the Ugly, yeah, you know, you think of like I can't remember his name in the movie, but I think he's just like the, but he he kinda, I don't think he has a name in the movie. He kind of just cemented himself in the place of western tradition, yeah, like everything that he touched. Because he was such a hot commodity, you knew it was going to be successful. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of a simple fact, but there. He's the amount of movies for mm-hmm. seventy years is nuts. Yeah, like looking back at it, you know, Dirty Harry oh, came out in seventy one, I think it was, and that is now fifty years ago. And for an iconic character to be carried through, yeah. to be still relevant today, yeah, and that a lot of other characters, <clears throat> like you know, styles of acting have been. Based on, yeah. it's just nuts. I think he's probably been one of the best examples of like the hardened cop. He is, you know, he he's is. the hardened detective that doesn't take shit from anybody and plays by his own rules. And you think you how know? many movies have tried to do that? Yeah, and like some fall dead short. Yeah, but then some others, you're sitting there and you're going like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like that's solid. Yeah, exactly. like The Departed. Yeah. Oh, what a movie! Oh, fantastic. What an absolute cracking movie. Yeah. And again, when you've got the right cast. Of old, gritty, like, know how to be adaptable to the kind of character that it is. Yeah. Then you know you're in for a good fucking watch. Yeah. You really are. Now, one now one actor that we were frothing about a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and again, another one of these iconic actions. I would say he's an iconic action star. Hands down. Uh, Denzel. Yeah. Where do you even begin with Denzel, though? I think there's not much more that we could say that we didn't go through a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Like, I think we covered him comprehensively. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, what's there more to say? Really, there really is In regards isn't. to Denzel. Like, he is- And I'd put him in the same category with what we were talking about with Eastwood, about carrying that torch and being adaptable. Yeah. Because up until now, he's still making movies that are, like, top-notch. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about- um, the Equalizer, Equalizer 2, Safe House. He's got kind of contemporary all the time. Yeah. Everything he does, he does with meaning, he does with purpose, and there's relevance to what he plays. When you think about, I guess, or I can probably what the movie that I resonate, resent, not resent, um, resonate with, resonate with the most, yeah. would be Remember the Titans. Hugely. 
Uh, just Hugely. Such, like, that came out in... Um, I don't remember what year. Thousands, I think. I, okay, somewhere around that. Yeah. But just such such a, a beautiful movie. It really. was. It really was. It was just so well put together, and Denzel's performance in it, just unbelievable. Which is a kind of interesting segue into my next point. So, we've got Denzel as yep. the head coach. Yeah. Samuel Jackson, head coach of Coach Carter. Yep. It's interesting the kind of roles. I love when we get the kind of down and out, you know, new black um, coach is coming to a new school or whatever. And, you know, he's not only dealing with a difficult team, he's dealing with the racial problems that are going along with that kind of, you know, plot line. Yep. But there's something that's so powerful when a black man then becomes like this, you know. Or woman. Or, or woman. Um, amazing coach who kind of resonates with everyone. Yeah. Like everyone can find some sort of relatability, some sort of connection to the character. Mm. But there's only a select few people that I think can actually do that. I think it's just down to their performance that they get to a point where along the way, not only to the other characters in the story, but to us as an audience where we're able to see past their race and their color and we just see them as a man or a woman. You don't even think of it. Exactly. Because they point it out in the film, but upon watching it, you're not sitting there acknowledging the fact that, oh, okay, he's black. I, yeah. I, I don't think of that. No, you don't. Like, I'm literally watching it and I'm like, he's a powerful man, exactly. he's a respected man, and he's yeah. come into a position now where, you know, he's not looked too highly upon. No. Which, okay, fair enough. You and know? that's, I mean, I guess that's the kind of, this, this stere- the stereotypical, I guess, role of a new person coming to the scene. Like, it's any- with anything. Like, for example, you get a new employee at work. Yeah, but yeah, no, I suppose it's highly not, of the new person. It's important start, not to you know? detract away from the fact that naturally, as a black man going into a potentially white based school, there are going to be significant more problems in terms of kind of integration and being able to build and earn respect. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that they're already on the back foot with that, yeah. which is testament to what's wrong with the world today. Yeah, and it speaks volumes even now. But back to action stars. Yep. All right. Another big one. Jackie Chan. Well, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. Really? Yeah. Because, like, I love Jackie Chan. Yep. I don't like him in Rush Hour. I, I think Rush Hour is a stupid movie. I love the Rush Hour movie. You would, because you like that comedy fluff. I do. I really do like that kind of and mix not, of comedy and action. I'm not debating. You know? Like, that's fine. It's just, like it's a that. good ride. Yeah. It's a good ride. And I think in Rush Hour, I think more so Rush Hour 1, they were able to tie in a story that kind of, I guess, got you on board with it and made you feel like, okay, yep, this is, this, like, this matters. Okay, cool. Yep. Trying to save a little girl from a big drug lord. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Okay, yeah. cool. But just Jackie Chan in general, like we were saying earlier, I try to think of roles that he's played in movies. And most of the time, I only think of just Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. But the only one that comes to mind, and only because we've done an episode on it, is. Him and Rumble in the Bronx is Kyun. <laughs> and only because your best mate, Danny, he's saying, Kyun! Oh, God, that kid frustrated me. <laughs> oh, if you haven't listened to the Rumble in the Bronx episode or you're easily offended, please don't listen to that because <laughs> I tear through people like nobody's business. Yeah, definitely don't watch if you're easy, easily offended. Oh, it's, um, God, no. It's no. so offensive on so many levels. Yeah. Like, I suppose I'm a little bit ignorant and uninformed 
um, at that point in my yeah. life. But he was one of the few action stars where I guess he was more so known for his martial arts prowess. Yes. You know, a lot of the other people we spoke about other than John Claude, the majority of them are known for their gunplay. Right? Yes. Their gunplay, big physique, good looks, that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Jackie was on more of the lines of like his fight choreography was just next level. And he just stunts. In, 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 in knowing that he does all his stunts, yeah. just made him even more impressed. Like, holy crap, this man is incredible. Yeah, he was. He really was. And I feel like the, I, I kind of pigeonhole this category of when I think of Asian like movie stars, like naturally your forefather is Bruce Lee. 100% it is. It then progresses into the realm of Jackie Chan and Jet Li. Yep. After that, who I feel like is probably, you know, close to the contemporary times, Can Tony Jaa. I was going to say Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa is kind of the remnants of that old school tradition. I would say between him and Donnie Yen. Mm, mm. Yeah. But Donnie Yen's been around for ages. He has. He just hasn't just been Asian in- cinema. Yeah, but he hasn't been kind of in the main limelight of no, mainstream like, cinema. He had a lot of parts that were kind of secondary characters. Yeah, exactly. But he was never... But then I watched... Like, I did Ip Man yeah. 1, 2, 3, and 4 recently. Yeah. And my God. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say that his acting in terms of a dramatized sense is great. No, but as an action kung fu star... holy wow. shit, can he fight? Yeah. He is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Incredible. And I think... Yeah. For me, Jet Li definitely falls into that bracket of definitely. genius when it comes to martial arts. Oh, definitely. But I think the cool thing was with Jet Li, like he had a lot of a lot of more kung fu based movies, but he didn't shy away from a little bit of gunplay as well. No, no, not at all, not at all. And there was like you know he really got into the Hollywood kind of side of things when he did. Um, what's the dragon one? Kiss of the- Kiss of the Dragon. I love that and movie. the one. Oh, the one was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, there was another one. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uncaged. I've heard of it. Yeah. So those kinds of ones were really his stepping stone into more of a Hollywood based, you know, I suppose fluff. Yeah. Popcorn movie. Yeah. But really, really appealing to audiences. Yeah. Whereas I think for those who know the kind of Asian stars, well, like us with Tony Jaa, yeah. if you haven't watched Ong Back True. and you appreciate martial arts cinema, yeah. you are missing out. Oh, yeah. Because Tony Jaa, again, like Jackie Chan, does very much most of his own stunts. Yeah. And his stunts is kind of like a contemporary version where it's a lot of kind of parkour-based stuff, like in terms of his ability to run through shit and jump over stuff. and It's, it's just crazy. Parkour! Man. Parkour, 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 parkour. Um, and then, I guess, sort of stepping a little bit away from the whole martial arts side of things. Yeah. Fucking huge star here, Harrison Ford. Oh, huge. Oh my god, where do you eat? Like again, again that question. That question again. When you think Harrison Ford, who do you think of? There's two people that come to mind. The Indiana Jones. Yep, and Han Solo. Okay, see, I didn't go down that route. No? Nah, I, I'm thinking in terms of The Fugitive. That's where my mind goes know, to when a, I think of Harrison Ford. Yeah, okay, I get that part. But, but for me, it's now that definitely you've mentioned Han Solo. Han Solo? Yeah, yeah, without question. Yeah. And he had kind of a quirkiness about him that I always found his characters, especially... Look, I'm not a big, massive fan of Indiana Jones. Yeah, me neither. I'm not a huge fan. But, but in terms of Han Solo's character, yeah. he was fun to watch. Yeah. He was easy to watch, and 
there was kind of a relatability to just his persona. Yeah, because he was he was that kind of rebellious, charismatic, I guess, sort of flirty. Um, yeah, uh, how do you say it? Um, I don't know how to really describe Han as a character. But those of you who obviously know Star Wars and know the characters know what we're talking about when we say this stuff. Yeah. So Harrison Ford again ridiculously long filmography yeah. has been around the block for many, many years. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone necessarily would relate to a lot of the characters that he does, but, you know, um, there was like movies, Courage Under Fire, and uh, there was another one. I can't think of what it was called. Well, you can't forget probably one of his more iconic ones, mm. Air Force One. Ah, uh, that's what I was getting at. Yes. Get the hell off my plane. <laughs> when he plays the president. <laughs> But, see, he's so esteemed that when you put him in the role of such things as a president, yeah. he does it so well. Oh, yeah. Like, again, when I think of presidential roles, I think of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. just got that pizzazz about him mm. and commands a presence. Yeah. So, in those sorts of roles, hands down. Like, yeah. you want someone esteemed. You want someone who's been around the block because... When they walk into a room and you're like, you're sitting there and let's hypothetically say I'm part of the executive department dealing with the president. Yeah. He's the person I'd want to listen to. Yeah. I nearly just pooed myself. Oh, that's great. Mm, yummy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Squishy. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, Ethan Hawke. Now I'm not too familiar with Ethan Hawke, to be honest. Like, I, haven't I wouldn't say so much as action roles. Mm. Yeah, no. I saw him a lot in kind of really, really good dramas. Yeah. So I reckon we need. But you got to keep in mind he was in Training Day. He was, but again, side product to Denzel. Yeah, that's true. So he effectively wasn't the kind of the protagonist that we were looking for, no. but he was the moral compass of the movie. Yeah, because Denzel's moral compass went out the window pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on, who would you go next? Oh, Kiefer. Okay. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. When you think of Kiefer's roles, who do you think of? Like I said a few weeks ago, I think of the sniper in phone booth. Oh, I didn't even go down that line. That That's what I think when I think Kiefer. And I Kiefer, suppose sorry. one of his most famous roles everyone would know him from is 24. Yeah, exactly. Jack Bauer. Yeah. So, which, you know, stood the test of time. That series went on for a long time. Yep. It was That was the longest 24 hours Ever. Oh, God, that just kept going. <laughs> oh, did you watch it? No. Neither did I. No. So, I can't really comment too much on it. On of it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, for you, you probably stands out the Lost most Boys. in The Lost Boys. Of course, of course. And thinking back about it, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing that role as well as he did. But funny, interesting fact, the dad in the movie of The Supposed Boys, um, the guy who played him, I could have imagined Donald Sutherland as actually playing that part. That would have been cool. So, you know, I've, I've seen... There's another movie called A Time to Kill in yeah. which they've acted together. Yeah. And, my God, just a complete polarity of roles. Like, Kiefer, the white supremacist racist prick who, you know, raped a young black girl. And then his dad, who was kind of the mentor for uh, Matthew McConaughey as the lawyer. It was just this... You know, the fact that father and son working on a movie together, that'd be so cool. Yeah. So cool. Be. It would be. Uh, we touched on him before, but I think we could go further into how he stands in that, I guess, that I guess in that hierarchy of action stars, Tom Cruise. God. 
one of the biggest. Easily. Absolutely Easily. one of the biggest. Like, the filmography of this guy is ridiculous. It just keeps going. He's and still going now. For me, Maverick, Top Gun. Yeah. Like, again. Maverick, Ethan Hawke. Not Ethan Hawke. Ethan um, Hunt. Ethan Hunt, sorry. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that just filters into the fact that, again, Tom Cruise has been around the block for a long time now. Like, yeah. he's definitely one of, I suppose, more of the contemporary stars that was absolutely at his peak in late 90s. Yeah. Early 2000s. Yeah. And then now, having progressed more into, you know, the newer kind of roles... And I love that they're bringing back Top Gun too. Yeah, I'm weary about how good that's going to be. It'll be interesting, but to say the least. I'm definitely, you know, a big fan of Tom Cruise in terms of the stuff that he's done. Yeah, there, there's, you know, it goes without saying. From Top Gun to Mission Impossible, Minority Report, Minority Report he's got some serious credentials. No, don't ever mention that movie. <laughs> Eyes wide shut. <laughs> Oh, different. Yeah, it's wouldn't just a put porno. The, yeah, it is a porno, but I wouldn't put that in the action genre. <laughs> God, no. Mm, action in another way. Oh. Mm, sexy action. Oh. Mm, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Show me a boobs. Show my shade, boob. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Love him. Absolutely love like, him. think of his early days him. in, let's say, Rom- uh, Romper Stomper. Oh, my. What a movie. Yeah. And I'd assure you, like, if you are an international listener, so whether you're from the UK or the US, Romper Stomper is one of the most iconic Australian films that kind of was a serious, serious representation of late 70s, early 80s for us about the kind of white skinheads against Asians, um, you know, I suppose problems that we had for a really long time. Yeah. So if you want kind of an, a really good exposition on what culture based movie to watch, then yeah. this is the one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But then you see he's more kind of I guess a more modern sort of role that he had in Gladiator. <laughs> when you think about s- it, who else could have played that? Ah, uh, I need I need time to think oh, about that. I, I just for the way Russell Crowe does big parts. Yeah. Like, I think of Mel Gibson and Russell Crowe yeah. as taking on the epics. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he, he did Robin Hood, yeah. he did Noah's Ark, like Noah. Mm. Uh, like, he always gets the big, big roles. Yeah. yeah. But he's just, again, one of those charismatic characters that it's not just their ability to be action stars, but they've got layers to the way they act. Yeah. They can do the drama. They can do the sadness. They've got, you know, this... They've got range. Oh, my God. It's the best way to put it. Yeah. Wesley. Wesley Snipes. Well, that's really, really simple in my books. Blade. Blade. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, he's been around for a while because I think, like, the movie Passenger 57 was one of my favourites of Wesley Snipes. Right, yeah. Then, you know, he progressed into that realm of Demolition Man. Oh, love him, Demolition Man. Uh, again, with a kind of quirky role that, you know, I feel like it was really suited to who he was as a person. Money train. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so there's some bad ones in there as well. I'm Gallo Walkers. Oh! <laughs> Gallo Walkers was like just AIDS. Please elaborate. No, there's no elaborating. <laughs> there's no need to even discuss that. I can't believe you brought it up. <laughs> it was I'm triggered. Oh, 
it's just pure Completely filth. Completely and utterly true. Absolute filth. <laughs> we meant you mentioned him at the start of like as in our intro mm. to this episode. Uh, Steven Seagal. Yes. Steven Seagal, look, he's not everyone's cup of tea. No. But there are certain branches of his movies that I suppose obviously stand out for certain people. So yeah. for me, like I said, Under Siege. Yeah. You know, he kind of had that real blasé, quiet thing about him. But to know how well he's trained in martial arts as well, actually in real life, yeah. kind of gives him credibility to do those roles. Yeah. And you can see when he does his, you know, whatever fucking Krav Maga bullshit. I no, know. But, you, but you look at the majority of his roles, whenever he's fighting, it's only shot from, like, the waist up. Yeah, because he was a big fat fuck. No, <laughs> no he just didn't move his legs, never yeah. kicked, nothing. He just fucking he didn't need to kick. moved his hands around and shit, and that was it. Like, his okay. early days, he kicked a lot, but then as time went on and he became fat... <laughs> It never worked well for him. So the amount of movies that he had just straight to DVD is ridiculous. He was the DVD king. Wait, was he in... Hold on. Hold on. Which keep one going, are you keep going, keep going. Yeah, well, Under Siege for me, it was kind of, again, one of those movies that I'd go to the DVD store and constantly rent. Or you knew that was always going to be on TV. Oh, that was one of his better ones. What? Exit Wounds. Exit, Exit Wounds was good. Above the Law. Above the Law was another good one. Definitely well. enjoyed that. Oh, they're planning to do Above the Law 2. Oh, God. I just hope he's not in it. He's, well, he's like, in it. He'll be a Michelin man. He's in it. Oh, God. He's going to be in it. <laughs> Snipe. Oh, yeah, but no, here, look. Tell me this isn't a trend. Don't move. Stay it there. Right. Contract to kill. End of a gun. The perfect weapon. Code of honor. Sniper special ops. Mercenary absolution. Gut shot. A good man. Everything relates to guns, shooting, dying, danger, like, it's all the same shit. Yeah, it is. Urban justice. You know how bad that's going to be. Flight of Fury. Attack Force. Attack, attack Force. That sounds as bad as Black Eagle. Shadow Man. Oh, God. Today you Mercenary die. for justice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Black John. Half Past Dead. Was that the Half- one with DMX? That's, what, that's the one I think. I couldn't... I get confused between Half Past Dead and Cradle to the Grave. Because Gra- Cradle to the Grave also had... Uh, what's it called? DMX in it, didn't he? Steven Scott, Morris Chest. Oh, Jerule was in that one. Jerule, that's that, right. Yeah. yeah. I think Cradle to the Grave had DMX in it. Yes, correct. Yeah. And Je- uh, Jet Li? Something like that. Cradle to the Grave. Cradle to the Grave. Oh, now oh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Oh, I didn't write it properly, but that'll work. Cradle to the Grave. Oh, oh, TV. That's TV in his series. So. Cradle to Grave! Uh, oh, no. crap. I forgot. The. Oh my god, you're so Asian. Cradle to Grave. <laughs> what, are, what are you watching? I'm watching Cradle to Grave. How did you know? Yeah, Jet Li. Jet Li. Right, well, yeah, you're right. Jet Li. Yeah. There we go. Alright, so <clears throat> moving on. Yeah. Now, I suppose, I reckon we hand the torch over to the more contemporary stuff. Like, in what sense? But what we'll do first, let's go through some honourable mentions. Honourable mentions? School. Look, I'm going to say pretty much any actor that's, that's played James Bond. Yes. So, Sean yes. Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, um, and then, obviously, the new Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, look, I'll, I'll put George Lazenby in there as well for his one-time appearance, but- Didn't mm, like him. No, I didn't like him either. So, more honourable mentions, John Wayne. John Wayne. Steve McQueen. Yep. Sean Connery. I don't think Liam Neeson became so much an action star until his later years. So, I think we'll put Not him until in the newer- taken. Yeah, exactly. So, I reckon we'll put him in the newer yep. category. Um, Nick Cage. Look, I, you know, there's a lot of hate for Nick Cage. 
I wouldn't say. I think there's the opposite. I think people love Nick Cage. People love him as a person. People discredit his movies drastically. Bangkok Dangerous. Oh, God. There you go. That's It's things like that that is why, is why he, he cops a bit of that flack. But do you know what? Like, like the movie I showed you the other night, The Knowing. The Knowing. Yeah, that was Brilliant cool. movie. Yeah. It's, you know, not Nicolas Cage's kind of typical repertoire of what he brings to cinema. Yeah. But between that... And then, you know... But, pe- you know, look, posing that question that you did earlier, like, a few, like, could you picture him, like, anyone else playing that role? In that particular movie, yeah. I, can I could picture other people yeah. do that role. Yeah, definitely. Like, I would have actually, one cool one, like, actor to see do that role would have been Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's that would have really been a cool good. pick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, but, beside the point. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, like, when I think Nicolas Cage, I think Face Off. And, which is... Probably the most iconic Nick Cage film. Definitely. Has to be. Hands down. That, um, Snake Eyes. Oh, he did some really good ones in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, Broken Arrow. Yep. God, yes. Mm-hmm. And that just takes me back to- Con Air. See, like, he's got enough credibility where he's he worked does. his way to the point. He does. Do you know what? You can make shit now because mm. you've set your footprint in good cinema. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to kind of- the new age stuff. Exactly. So, who, like, I guess we're going right. on to the actors that we think have had the torch passed on to them. Yeah. You know? First and foremost for me, I'm going to say Mark Wahlberg. Yes. He is definitely, definitely one of the ones you want if you're going to make a good action film. Definitely nowadays. I think, you know, for me, weirdly, the one that stands out predominantly is going to be Lone Survivor. Okay. It's kind of like a war film. Mm. But he's acting in that and Shooter. Yeah, I was I was actually going to say Shooter. Yeah, though those two are huge for me. Like they're such good movies. Yeah, you know they're obviously not everyone's cup of tea. No, but Shooter's one of those that the storyline you just love. Yeah, like you can sit and I've watched that movie over and over and over again. And again, that's why they made a TV series of it. That's true. Uh, moving on from who else? Matt you? Damon. Who? Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. But you look at the Bourne series, the Jason oh, Bourne series. Like, God. I mean, he, I think, am I right in saying that that's pretty much his kind of his first step into the action realm? Well, solidifying it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because looking at the Bourne series, you know, now that the torch has been passed to Jeremy Renner mm. as the main one. Yeah. So, but that series passed it really well in terms of having a story and character that could kind of work its way into, if they need to pass it off, it's got the ability to do that. Yeah, so it's a series that can just keep continuing. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, Christian Bale. Huge. Yeah, huge. Huge. Well, you, you already know. You already know my feelings on Christian Bale. Yes. It's, it goes without saying that Christian Bale, one, being an amazing action star. Yep, love the man. But then I look at other movies that he's done yep. and I am just in awe of his commitment to roles. He's machinist. Machinist. Yeah. There was the one he did, I can't think, I think it's called The Fighter. Really, really, really Where good Where he movie. plays the- Like Junkie Brother. The junkie Brother. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Great movie. That one was fantastic. Uh, is it called The Fighter? I'm pretty sure it is. Right, let me find out. Go on. Uh, so, you know, there's so many, like American Psycho, he did. And he's- and Some of his newer stuff, like Vice, for example, yeah. when he completely changed his body again to play Dick Cheney. Like, fuck, that's yeah. commitment to the role. There, I don't think there's many that have the capacity to do what he does. No. 
in terms of... But then you look at, like, for me, when it comes to Christian Bale, Batman. It's a mix between Batman and John Preston from Equilibrium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And one of the ones that a lot of people probably wouldn't know for Christian Bale is Rescue Dawn. Rescue Dawn. Your, your, <laughs> your. It's um, a kind of like a prisoner of war film. And again, he gets to a point where he loses a fuckload of weight in the movie. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, wow. Yeah. Like, again, commitment to the role. Yeah. But when you know Christian Bale's in a film, yeah. you know what you're going to expect. Like, yeah. you look at today, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, I loved it. Loved him in it. His character is brilliant. You are so easily able to relate to the person he is yeah. and what he's about. Yeah, 100%. Like, he just, I think he just personified the character of, or just the, the persona of Ken Miles so, yeah. I guess, accurately in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Like, just. And I think oh. Matt, da- Matt Damon did an incredible job as Carol, as Carol Shelby. Yeah. Like, that, well, look, we've spoken about that movie. Yeah. Everyone, know, well, if you have it, if you don't know our feelings on it, you can refer back to the Forbes Ferrari episode where we'll. Give our take yes, on that. But exactly right. Amazing performances from the both of them. Yeah. And you can just tell that they have that on-screen chemistry. You know, it's just, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies that you could sit and just watch and watch and watch. And like, I, I think after watching it the first time, I sat with mum and dad, watched it with them, and then I watched it again on my own. Then I told Tony about it, so we ended up watching that. Mm. And then, you know, other people today, I, the name that really stands out, Yep. Is obviously Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Again, featuring into that superhero kind definitely. of mark. Definitely. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, definitely. And then also Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah. They all have that, they're bigger bodied. Yeah. It's, I guess it's, it's almost an homage to the action heroes of old. Yes. Big bodies, good looking guys. And do you think that's why those guys are so successful at the moment? Because it kind of relates back to, what we used to love? I would say that's part of it because that would be, I guess, a reason that would draw, I guess, an older crowd to these newer movies. Yeah. Seeing an, I guess, an actor like that, you, know, and you just see physique and it reminds you of the action heroes. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. This looks cool. So when you think of Vin Diesel, what role do you think of? Riddick. Whereas most people would think of him as Dom from Fast yeah. and Furious. Yeah. But, but for, for me, me, Riddick. Yeah, Riddick, hands down. Yeah. And again, you know, there was three or four of those made, and look, they're not everyone's cup of tea. They're not. They're very futuristic and far-fetched. Yes. But in terms of the original it premise is, in yeah. the first one, it was so good. Yeah. So good. Mm. And his character, with his voice, yeah. no one could have done it as well as he did. No, definitely not. Between the, having the right body, yeah. having the right look, he just looked like a criminal. Yeah. And- the way he spoke to people, it was just like, oh, you're fucking awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's almost like I'm, I think back to like Pitch Black, where whenever he spoke to anybody, it's almost as if like the way he spoke, he could have ripped their throats out at any point. Yeah. He was taunting them. Yeah. Literally through every film. It was great. So you got Vin Diesel as one of those kind of newer, newer sort of stars. I think one of the up and coming ones. He's the fresh bunch. He's this is fresh. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he's definitely one of the more fresh actors to kind of start stepping into that role. Yes, um, and there was a movie that he did. I'm just trying to rack my brain. Hang on, let me see if I can tell you what it is. All right, so he's obviously done Just Mercy, which was brilliant. Uh, Creed, Creed Two. Yep. Uh, where is it? 
Fahrenheit four five. Keep going down. I mean, I guess Fruitvale Station. Right. Honestly, what put Michael B. Jordan on the map? I'm telling you right now. Yeah, it's one of those movies that was kind of a real life capture of a true story of what happened to people like this group of black people who basically got accused of a crime that they didn't do yeah and inevitably someone gets shot Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of all the aftermath of that situation but it's kind of done in real time where it's like you see what's happening what goes down and everything up until that point yeah and it's traumatic it's really traumatic to watch yeah but you know i think he as an action star is fantastic yeah but on the other side of the scale he can also act yeah that's true. Which gives him more credibility in terms of giving him more opportunities for roles. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that I've noticed with the kind of like in the newer age of action stars, it's almost as if this is the age of the Chris's. Oh, God. Yes. Right? Chris Pine. Chris Hemsworth. Um, I've got another one in my head. Come on. Uh, oh. Cap. Like Cap. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. What's his name? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yep. Chris Pratt. Oh, my God. There's already and that's four. It's four, and they're probably and they've been in pretty much majority of the big action blockbusters of the kind of the last, let's say what fifteen years. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Because yeah, I'm just thinking like Chris Pine and Chris Pratt have been around the block for a while. Yeah, but Chris Pratt didn't really step into that role until he landed Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, of course, of right? course. Because then from there, obviously, he got the roles for the new Jurassic World series yeah. as well. Yeah. So, he's, he's entered into that realm. Yeah. Right? If it wasn't for Guardians, he'd still be in Parks and Rec as some fat cunt. Yeah, that was pretty right? funny though. But the transformation. <laughs> Huge transformation. Amazing, amazing for him. Yeah. Um, Chris Evans. He's been around for a while. A long time. And right? he was always kind of the heartthrob role. Exactly. But now, because of Cap. that- Because of Captain America. Exactly. He's just worked his way into a nice niche now yeah. that he kind of know You know what to expect yeah. with him. Yeah. Chris Pine. I love Chris Pine. I absolutely love his roles. You know, you'd obviously seen him from Wonder Woman and stuff. Yep. But Well, I've seen him in more than just that. Um, the Train well, one with Denzel, Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yep. Such a good movie. Yep. Then you've also got, for example, um, I guess, well, stepping into that kind of action sci-fi-y sort of... Star Trek. Piece. Yeah, yeah, Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely got the props already in terms of what to expect again. And I think he's just going to be on an incline, like up and up in terms of the roles that he gets. And again, same with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Like he is the Schwarzenegger of today. Yeah. The closest thing in terms of physique. Physique, accent. Exactly. You know, yeah. the, the whole, you know. Shebang. You know, the whole Greek, like the Adonis body foreigner, you know. Well, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose who you can also put into that category is Henry Cavill. Yes, definitely. Because And he's definitely one of the new age ones. Yeah. 100%. So I'm pretty secure and safe in saying that I'm kind of okay with the torch being handed over to these guys. I think who like I think who's predominantly in Hollywood now for those types of roles. I think we're safe to say that we're going to get some good action movies from these guys. Without question. Right? Without question. If you see them in a flick coming up, you're going to know straight away, cool. He's in it. I'm going to watch it. Like when I first saw Extraction, mm-hmm. what a movie. Yeah. And I thought, oh, Chris Hemsworth, oh, Netflix movie. I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And another one of the new breed, 
Yep. Scott Eastwood. Oh, he needs to be in more action movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I just have to say that he needs to be in a more like main role in these big blockbuster movies. He just is built for it. You can tell that he will kill it. Yeah, he gets I think he, his problem is he's being typecast into romance movies at the moment. At the moment, yeah. And I think with the or outpost, even in, or even in like in other sort of action movies, he's, he's a side role. Yeah, he is. You he know? is. It's like. No, he needs to be at the forefront. Yeah. Like I was saying to you a while ago, how cool would it be another sort of passing the torch hole sort of thing, start the Dirty Harry series again with Scott Eastwood? Yeah. That would be fucking killer. It would. I reckon that'd be awesome, especially putting a modern take on the Dirty Harry series. It'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> Dirty Hattie. Dirty Hattie. Um, but that'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. That'd be very, very cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of traction that a lot of these guys can get now that they've kind of put their foot into the right sorts of movies. Actually, another one that's, I reckon, just recently stepped into that kind of action star yeah. that could that could keep going with it is Shia. Shia LaBeouf. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you saw, like, we haven't seen the movie yet, but just watching him in the trailer for Tax Collector. He's a boss. Oh, man. He, I reckon he could easily step into action films. He would. I reckon he would do. I a really feel good like Shia, this is going to be a massive call. But Shia LaBeouf has the potential and possible longevity of what Al Pacino was like. Yeah, because one, his dramatic ability is second to none. I don't care what, what anyone it is, says. It's it's his range. Yeah, it's his range that yeah. is the key as to why he could go for as long as he could. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he could go that distance as long with Al Pacino. Fuck, how do we forget Al Pacino? Uh, well, the De Niro as well, all yeah. those guys. How Leonardo do we forget DiCaprio. Them? You know, there's a lot. There's a lot. But we're not going to be able to uh, sit and dwell on all of them. But it's just crazy to think that, you know, it's been 30 or 40 years and the time is now. It's fresh. All these guys are coming into the forefront and I'm excited. Yeah. But one thing I'll put to you, though, yeah. as far as these new action films going forward, what do you think they need in order to succeed other than just a good star? I think it really comes down to having the right story. Definitely. And yeah. really kind of intricate character development. Yes. If you do not have those two things, that recipe is going to create success for you. If yeah. you don't have it, yeah. you are not going to be successful. Exactly. Especially in this, in the times we are now. That kind of older style of action movie, it just doesn't fit anymore. It falls flat. It really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that sort of did it, and it because it did, it was literally there to take the piss and just to do it as, I guess, for nostalgia reasons, it was Expendables, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's because it was made to be like that. Exactly. You know, it wasn't meant to be taken Everyone as a knew movie. going into it that yeah. that's what it was about. But I think if movies take, I guess, a page out of, let's say, something recent like Bloodshot, uh-huh. right? It's got... It's got prowess and it does have, it works. Yes. It yes. Because it had that good mix of good storyline, good development and some really good actions. So exactly. It works. Like I'm not saying Bloodshot's an amazing movie. No. Like it's not amazing, but it works. It does. It does. It, it provides the recipe for success. Exactly. So if you could just build on that kind of structure, then there is a chance for, I guess, a new wave of action movies to come. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. There we go. And that's a wrap. So... If um if anyone has any other sort of I don't know suggestions of yeah other sort of shoot big us stars on the Facebook page, put them up, send me pictures, do whatever. The more you guys interact with us, the more. Oh, and before we continue on, mm-hmm. I just needed to do a shout out 
to Grant and Chris oh, yeah, for being yeah. such active people. Grant. And basically contributing to a lot of the little discussions and stuff that we have ongoing. And I hope everyone's liking that kind of question of the day situation. I'm liking it. It's- I wish I could comment on it as myself, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> Facebook's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God. So there's a little issue I'm having, well, technical issue I'm having at the moment, listeners, where if I want to interact with you guys on the Facebook page, I can't do it as myself. I have to do it as the Rebels page. Okay, so if you do see I know, a random comment in, I guess, the discussion from Rebels Without a Clue, more than likely it's going to be me. Okay? <laughs> and let's let you all know. So, there, at least we've got that cleared up anyway. Because Facebook won't let me fucking talk myself. Because no, you're shit. No, Facebook's shit. Yeah. Fuck them. But either <laughs> way, if uh, you guys want to interact and let us know even potential topics of what you'd like us to talk about. I think that'd be also be a really good starting Definitely. point. Yep. So, and we are working on ways to, um, I guess, broaden our horizons with future episodes to come. With especially with our current situation in Victoria at the moment, as it is with uh, stage four lockdown imminent, looming. Yep. We're trying to figure out new ways to get other guests onto the show without them physically being here. So yep. bear with us. We will endeavour figure to get out that something working. And that's all right. Yep. So if you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or whatever other podcast platform you use. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, and Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast. And if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at tboner80figs. That's T-B-O-N-E-R-8-0-F-I-G-S. And you can find me on Snapchat at tboner18. That's T-B-O-N-E-R-1-8. And for myself, you can follow me at Braddles2505, B-R-A-D-E-L-S-2505 on Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook, all at the same handle. There we go. And that's another week wrapped up. Well, until next time. Fucking... Ah!